Coming up, it's the first in our 2021 summer book series where we read Bad Blood and review the documentary The Inventor. It all starts for you right now. This is Up for Debate, episode number 209, recorded June 17th, 2021. Summer Book Club, Bad Blood. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Up for the Debate, uh, the debate podcast where the two of us agree on everything. I'm Sean Jennings, and I am joined, as always, by a man who's always out for blood. It's Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. What's going on, my bad blood, bro? You you got it. Uh, you got it. Was that, Real new, shark was in that the waters. new theme music I heard? Matt, we've had that theme song for the last easily two years where have you been i thought we were still doing the lego song what what happened to that no i transitioned away from that like two years ago i thought it was stale i put in something fresh oh i i always i always start the episodes you know in media's res so i fast forward like an hour well, you, our show. you skip through all the ads at the beginning right, i get it right because i'm i already have all that cool stuff i've got a casper mattress uh, everything yes. that they've been sending us You've got the genitals trimmer and the ED medication and the bald, bald, the bald hair medication. I've got it all. I'm set. I'm maybe all maybe set. they advertise to me because I'm a certain demographic. Um, Something that I don't have, though, Sean, I don't have a machine that can read my blood. Do you have something like that? Did they, I don't think so. They give no. you one. I had to they think gave about you it. one, didn't they? They gave you one. They didn't give me one. That's all right, Matt. I got to be honest. Next to me, next to me here is an Edison. I've got it. I, I take the nanotainers and I put my blood in it and I put the cartridge in the Edison and it, it develops the, the results for me. Well, now we all it's know who cool. signs the checks around here. So. It's all, uh, the funny thing is, though, all they've said to me is that I can't open the box no matter what I do. And the results are always very interesting. So I'm having a good time with it. You know why, Sean? I think there might be a small person inside of the box like feeding this information on a ticker tape. I think that might be how the elves are. Is that, is that what all the breathing holes on the side are for? Yeah, I think that's yeah. it. I think that's it. I mean, if you could have a box that like just had a doctor in it in your house, I guess that would kind of do the same thing. Well, I think that's kind of the idea of this, this, uh, this device, uh, magic device called the Edison. Yes. Developed by Theranos Corporation. A great evil-sounding name. First of all, yeah, I was going to say, off the gate, what do you think? So, so by the way, this is, um, for those of you who, who are, are just joining us, we are uh, doing our uh, annual, annual, right? Annual, semi-annual book club. And we are doing book number one, uh, which was Bad Blood, um, written by... John Carreyrow. John Carreyrow. Yeah, I, was, I always struggle with the pronunciation of the name there Car- Carrero? It, yeah it's whatever the simplest way your brain will do it because it's like it's it's Carrero. yeah that makes sense uh bad blood secrets and lies in a silicon valley startup by john Carrero. sean this was your choice uh for it book. was um tell me a little bit about why why you chose it just a quick recap uh, from uh, our, our cho- choosing book club episode yeah, absolutely. You know, this book is right up my alley uh, because it combines two of my favorite book genres, which is sort of the business history. And I'm sure I've picked other. I picked uh, Disney War about the Walt Disney Corporation. So I love those kinds of books. It combines it with the fraud. Interesting. And so uh, this book was actually recommended to me by a number of people. I wasn't really familiar with Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes and this whole thing before I read the book. Um and once I started reading it, I couldn't put it down. So it was it was definitely right up my alley. Um, I know that there's a there's other similar books on other startups that I still get to still have yet to read. But uh, Matt, I came in having read the book and watched the documentary. What about you? What did you think is your first time digging into this? Well, actually, I, it's it's always difficult when we review nonfiction, right? Because it's hard to separate the right. ideas in the book from the writing style, 
um, to the uh, other um, factors in the book. So right off the gate, I think we'll start with the writing style. I think you were, you were right on the money. It's, it's gripping. It's an extremely gripping, well-written book. Um, honestly, I, I started this book thinking like, oh, I'll skim a few chapters. That's right. That's you know, right. Sean will never really know whether I read or watch these things. And, um, and, and, and for the record, I do try my best. We always try our best. Um, but this book was oh, yeah. was so gripping, Sean. I finished it in about two days, um, and I, I like two sittings. And I, I'm a pretty, I'm a methodical reader. I, I like to say, not like a slow reader, but I read with intention, and I and I like I like to do like real deep exploration of of, of text. But um, this was a, a a like lightning quick read for me. Uh, it, it it the the writing style really it, it lent itself to kind of like a modern corporate sabotage like slash war type book um talking about the 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 inside workings of um of theranos um to the methodical and calculating uh, approach of our villain one miss elizabeth holmes um who oh I boy, what a character. The best side. What a character. But that's honestly, and that's one of the things. We'll talk about the documentary <laughs> a little bit as well. But normally I don't like books and documentaries about the same subject. I actually thought these complemented each other well. And what's so interesting to me about the story is how modern it is. I've read a ton of these business books, they're never this current. And so we have so much video footage and photography and content that you see in the documentary that complements the book so well because it was so well documented. But I agree with you, Matt. It is, I'll be honest, I think John Carreyrou's writing in this is pretty average for a book of this genre. I didn't think he was like an exceptionally great writer. I think this is just an exceptionally great story. And the characters, that, and we'll talk about them, the people who are involved in this are just so compelling and interesting, whether it's in a book, whether it's in a documentary, whether it's in a movie or miniseries, which they're planning to do both at some point. Um, it's just a story that lends itself well to that. Yeah, you, you may be right on that. By the way, the documentary... Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. Uh, what is it? Blood in yeah. Silicon Valley? Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. You can find it on HBO Max um, and also, I believe, streaming on Hulu Plus. So, um, yeah, you're right. I, I, I also watched the documentary um, and I thought that the documentary actually was a little more sympathetic maybe toward elizabeth as a person yeah like all in like the beginning in the first act and it really I, it, it kind of ramps up her villainy toward the end whereas in the book i think it's it kind of sets you up as like look at how bad of a person she is from like square one and then maybe kind of eases it off in the second act but i, I but i would right also argue that the really. documentary oh, um is much more focused on her specifically. Whereas the book, I think, does... I mean, obviously, she's a big part of the Theranos story, but this book is about Theranos. And there's a lot of side characters from the book who got cut from the documentary because they wanted to make it so much about her. And I can't blame them because on the page, she's not as compelling as she is in real life. And so once you start playing those videos with the with the black suits and the voice and the whole thing, um, it, it's you obviously want to feature that a lot. Oh, you're right. There are some name, name ass names in this uh, in this book. I think I said that before the show started. There, there's so many people. So many. There's a there's a large uh, cast of characters that um, all played a role in Theranos's rise and Theranos's fall. Um, <laughs> I, I, I I I don't think I'll be able to name them all, but but we'll we'll name some of the key factors, the key uh, people, I guess. How do you want to approach well, this? Well, uh, we, uh, you know, we can obviously just sort of take blood. through the story. Um, I, I think there are a couple of key elements I definitely want to hit on before we hit the end of the episode, including uh, obviously Silicon Valley culture and how this became a thing. Uh, the media's role in building this up um, and, and talking about Elizabeth Holmes and some of the, the character of that. Um, and of course, the um, 
do we really think that Elizabeth Holmes is, is, is a bad person or a person misled? And I hope we'll hit on all that. But Matt, why don't we start the story a little bit at the beginning? If you haven't read the book or watched a documentary, we both liked both of them. Go do it. It's worth your time. You will learn about the story in this episode, but you're going to enjoy it a lot more if you've had already read those coming in. So maybe pause this, read it, come back, would be my advice. Um, Theranos founded in 2003 by a 19-year-old Elizabeth Holmes, um, who had dropped out of Stanford. Uh, it's at that classic Silicon Valley story to start a tech startup. Um, by 2014, that company was worth $10 billion and had raised more than $700 million from venture capitalists and private investors all around the idea of making blood tests more accessible um, using a technology uh, they called the Edison, which was essentially a uh, miniaturized testing machine, and the Nanotainers, which would only use a finger prick of blood uh, to test um, less blood, more tests, simpler machine. Um, they lied out of their ass about it, um, got Safeway and Walgreens both involved, um, and the company eventually imploded. Yeah, that's uh, that's the Theranos story in a nutshell right there. Um, wh- one of the recurring figures, I guess, that in, he gets mentioned a lot in both the book... Well, actually, I would guess more more so in the maybe the documentary. Yes, but actually, no, he gets a fair amount of play in the book. Is Thomas Edison, um, the the uh, the like kind of I guess painting Elizabeth as like a yeah. Steve Jobs was Thomas the other comparison Edison? she got a lot. What'd the next Steve that? Jobs was the uh, the magazine cover. You know, Matt was I don't remember if it was on this show or the other show. I think it was this show where I ranted about the the plague of entrepreneurship in our country. Do you remember that? Uh, where where my centralized point was basically that uh, we fail ourselves by constantly yeah. uh, raising entrepreneurship to be some sort of higher calling or a necessity in our culture when uh, that sets many up to fail. I can't think of a better poster child for the, the falseness of that notion than Elizabeth Holmes. A We're always looking for... Elon Musk is a great example of this. The dude is an idiot. He's kind of a dumbass. Now, that's not to say he can't run a business, and that's not to say he can't make a lot of money. But he's not someone we should be idolizing. He's not somebody we should be looking up to. Thomas Edison was a bad guy. Um, There's plenty of evidence of that. And so when you see someone being compared to Thomas Edison or Steve Jobs, we should all look at them suspiciously, frankly. I'll be honest. And I think... You know, I don't think this would happen if Elizabeth Holmes herself hadn't encouraged that. I mean, she loved it. That was what she wanted. That's why she started dressing in the all black and 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 following in Steve Jobs' footprint, calling it the Edison and that sort of thing, putting her name on all the patents. Um, she wanted to not just be a business owner or be rich. She wanted to be idolized. It's a little bit of that sociopathic behavior that we see a lot of evidence of throughout this story. Um, and it's just not healthy for anyone to be compared to to be considered the greatest like that. Well, I think that there's a certain premium in our culture for entrepreneurship in the sense that it's, it's able to forgive a lot, right? Like we, we are, we as a society forgive a lot of these rich entrepreneurs for being bad bad people, terrible people, just because of their quote unquote genius. And so it's like, you know, like your Elon Musk example, it's like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, he's a terrible person, but we should look past that because he wants to put everybody on a rocket and take them to Mars or he, you know, brought back the electric car or or whatever. Like, but, you know, I, I think there's also, you know, people forget like, no, he's also probably a really shitty person underneath all of that underneath that exterior and you've heard stories about steve jobs and um all, all pretty much i mean like almost I mean, we every just saw bill gates wealthy entrepreneur bill gates is, i mean he was held up as Once like the perfect billionaire for so long and now it's you know he allegedly cheated on his wife and was handsy with ladies and some other really bad stuff well it's that i think it's that that catch 22 of like you know so you, you give somebody infinite power and money 
and influence well, and they literally just and they, i don't want to get do too much into the psychology of that either but well, i will um, say the person who does want to drive for unlimited yeah. power and unlimited wealth probably wasn't going to handle it well to begin with you know i mean it's not like you know it's like oh i'm a well-adjusted yeah. nice guy i think i'll be a billionaire egg. it's like it's no usually there's something not right there <laughs> right well, well, you remember what Elizabeth said in the uh, earlier in the book, and it is one of my one of my favorite quotes was that the, she was uh, it was a family gathering, and I think she was like seven years old or something at the time, and somebody asked her like what you normally ask a child at a family gathering, and they said, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, I want to be a billionaire, and they all like you know like the adults they chuckled and they said, well, don't you want to be like you know like the president of the United States or something like that? And she said. When I become a billionaire, I can just make the yeah. president marry me because I'll have a billion dollars. And like, that's where the little like sociopath light kind of ding, like that's not a normal answer that like a typical seven year old gives kind of like went on right there. It was just one of my one of my favorite moments in the. Well, it was uh, interesting to see that her I, um, I liked a lot, and this so. detail didn't make it into sort of the broader story, but she's part of the uh, Fleischmann's yeast fortune. Um, that had been wasted away. She had watched her 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 lineage, which had been fantastically rich, lose all that money and watch her parents struggle. I mean, that certainly has an effect on a child. Yeah, he. Oh yeah, and her dad. Yeah, he worked at Enron, Enron, and he had a number of like sort of failed jobs, and um, yeah. Yeah, I think he he eventually took a job in government and. Uh, wasn't you know it was it was kind of like scoffed yeah. at by the, the blue blood circle that they ran with i guess in the family so it was a it was a source of a lot of like consternation and, and shame uh which i think i think did compound this is a really i wrote a really interesting psychological study like like you could for a psych class you could like watch yeah. this movie and be like this is how sociopaths well, and are that, made. that even like, goes back to the, the and we can talk about our mannerisms obviously one of the things people mo notice most but um, from the voice to the not blinking to the, I mean, those are classic signs, you know? I mean, it's, you know, what, yeah. It's a lot of boxes. Yeah, it does. Um, I guess since we're on the topic of uh, the deep, the deep seated, like psychological themes throughout this book and throughout this story as a whole, um, have you ever no, but I really do want to learn. Are you familiar with that concept in business? So apparently in, in, in business, um, there is this, this concept of, of the, called the fraud triangle. Um, the three points of the triangle are opportunity, motivation, and justification. All right. And, and that would, that's what makes up your, your fraud triangle. These are the three things that basically have to be going on within a company uh, in order to basically encourage fraud to happen. Like it's like, like if your company has the, or if, or if at least just one person, if one person has these three things within a company, it can, it, it's basically like a, like a, a hotbed for, for fraud. Like it's like a blueprint for fraud. So opportunity, the person that that's involved, the fraudster, has to have the opportunity, basically being able to think they can get away with committing this fraud without without anybody knowing or um, scot-free, basically. That's the opportunity. So they have to have the opportunity. They have to have motivation. So they have to have something go happen, like go wrong or something occur in their life that that motivates them. Like, why should I risk my career, risk my life, risk risk everything? Why should I put it all on the table? To, 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 to like fraud this company. And then the, you have to have the justification for it, which, which is to me the most interesting because justification is not how do I, it's not how, how do I um, rationalize this or how do I come to terms with this? It's how do I, how do I make myself feel like I'm not the bad guy? Justification for fraud is, well, you know, all those big wigs at the company are making millions and, and me down here, I'm just making like pennies compared to what they're making. So if I, if I skim a little off the top, you know, a couple hundred thousand here or there, no one's going to miss it. No one's going to know. So the justification is, is to yourself. 
It's basically to justify the other two legs of the triangle, opportunity and motivation. So um, what companies will do is in order to prevent fraud, mm-hmm. Sean, you only have to destabilize one leg opportunity. of the triangle. Do you know which one it is? Yeah, because that's the only one that's not internal. Yes. Opportunity. That's right. That's exactly correct. Yeah, the only one that you have to um, destabilize is opportunity. So to prevent frauds, companies will set up blocks to prevent opportunity from occurring. So um, tell me, where who had the... Who well, that would probably the, be Miss Holmes and Sonny Belwani to some degree, yeah. Miss Holmes. So basically, oh, yeah. she was at the top of the power structure, right? So the only one that could stop the opportunity from happening was her. So it, it just it was just a perfect illustration, I think, of, of what went on here. Um, oh, sure. You know, she ha- I think she had believe she had the motivation because, you know, everything that had gone on with her past, with her with her parents, with with um, her, her upbringing and things like that. Her justification was there because she remember every time she put out a new iteration of her machine, this Edison machine. Um, she would say, oh, well, we, we're going to make it better next time. We'll improve it next time. She would say that internally, like the, the, the investors and everybody she was selling it to, they thought they were getting the real deal. But she was justifying her basically constantly lying to them by saying, well, next time we'll put out a good one. Next time we'll put out the real one. We'll use this money that they're, they're giving us to, to well, that- perfect it. And then they'll never know the difference. So I, I well, think that's, that's a, sort of my a, question to you, Matt, is do you believe right she there? willingly and intentionally committed fraud? No, I see. That's the interesting thing is I. I, I don't I, I think she well, I think like on the book, she did. I don't know if she knew it. That's the thing is I don't know if she really if she, if she was looking in a mirror I guess that's the thing about like sociopaths is like you really don't know. Do they do they know that what they're doing is not good, like amoral? Like what? Yeah, their moral uh, code is is I, I think mean, the book of the documentary did persons. a good job of not taking a stand on that. I thought, which I appreciated because they really could have made her been like she committed fraud mm-hmm. on all these people and she knew what she was doing. I will give you my opinion for whatever it's worth. I really truly believe that she thought it was going to work, a- and everything she did for better or worse, was you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. And if we gloss on it now, in another month, we'll have it solved. And if she was a manager at a Burger King, she couldn't have done this. Being in Silicon Valley, a place where everyone lies, there's a ton of money being thrown around. People are willing to overlook things in return for potential great riches. Um, enables that ability, right? She couldn't, if she worked as a middle manager at uh, an insurance company in Omaha, she couldn't do this, right? There's no opportunity. Right. There, well, there are, there are higher ups, I was going to say, but, that would put, you know, some kind of a block in place. Yeah, also, no, and right, you, you, you read the book over and over the again, these companies are like, I don't understand how it works. I don't understand the tech. I just think this is going to be a lot of money, and if I lose a million, you know, Rupert Murdoch lost like $125 million on it, and he didn't give a shit. You know, that is like, talk about uh, just an insane system right there, especially at this time, isn't it? The book talks about the the idea of the unicorn, the billion-dollar startup, was really starting at this time, and there were lots of companies around her who were doing it. It's not like they were alone, and Matt, we'll definitely get into this, the big difference was... It was a medical company. And and they say that over and over again. If they had been making software, if they had been making a social media site, they probably would still be in business. But you can't mess around with people's medical. You can't. Are you like of all like if I right now was like I'm gonna scam people and I'm gonna make a billion dollar startup and lie to everybody, why would you pick medicine? That's like saying I'm gonna invent a time machine, you know? Right. That, I think that's that's perfect evidence. That's your evidence right there for the fact that she she didn't. I don't think she nope. thought she. I don't think she believed that she was frauding people. Because, like you said, I think I think at the end of the day, she was waiting for that big payoff where well, it was there was going to be a breakthrough and and her machine was finally going to work. I, Somebody was going to figure something out. I don't think she ever wanted to get be it rich. To work. She wanted to and, be great, and that would be the end of it. And so that's why it didn't matter what the product was. 
she thought, again, if she made a, a social media site, she'd never be great. But if she made a medical advancement that changed people's lives, like Thomas Edison, I mean, the light bulb really did change how we live our lives. The iPhone, to some degree, changed how we live our lives. If she could have that kind of impact in the medical field, that's not just how you become rich. It's how you become great. And she kind of did, so she I succeeded at that. I mean, kind of for the wrong reasons. Yeah. She'll be in a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of historical books for sure. But yeah, like you said, maybe the wrong reasons. Uh, I, I wrote in here that there must be a ton oh, of people. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, just the, the, the number of people who were defrauded. And that's sort of, I mean, I believe she's facing 20 years in prison if convicted. Uh, now, I will mention, cutting to the end a little bit, but um, she did settle with the SEC. Uh, she paid uh, a half a million dollar fine, returned her shares in the company, relinquished control, and is barred from being an officer of any public company for 10 years. Um, but... Uh, then she got criminally sued for wire fraud and conspiracy charges. And her trial will begin in August. Now, I actually, I just yes, heard that they're, it's very they're active. choosing uh, jurors. Yeah, there's trial. a lot of really, like, re- I didn't have like time to get into it. There's some fun. weird stuff happening around the trial yeah. that Holmes is pulling, and it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. We're definitely going to do a follow-up on this, because it's going to be really interesting. Oh, sure. Yeah, very exciting. No, absolutely I mean, something not. like this couldn't just go down normally, right? Like, uh, you also had COVID happen, right? Like, pretty much right at the same time yeah. that I think her original trial was supposed to happen. So it, like, ended up delaying it. Yeah, it's it's interesting stuff, which also, it, it's interesting that she um, did a lot yeah. of uh, SARS research in her background. She, I think, did research at, in Singapore into in SARS. So it was, it was interesting to see. Um, yeah, I, I said, uh, naming the machine, the Edison might be a cultural blind spot. I think it was one of those. Edison was a jerk. Back I still think a lot of people I, like I Edison. I think that's one of those like me too things that hasn't really fully come out yet. Like we haven't really gotten to the point where we truly understand how shitty he was. It's yeah. pretty awful. I, I liked it. The documentary did a great job of explaining how he he believed he was a businessman yes. first and a scientist inventor second. And he was the first one that marketed the idea, the concept of being a famous scientist. That was like, but it was all, it was show. He was more Barnum, Barnum right. and he's, he's no Jonas Salk who just Nicola gave Tesla. away the patents to his vaccine for free, you know? Right, right. Yeah, so naming it the Edison, I thought that was interesting. Uh, I, I thought the, re- the the reason that they named it the Edison was kind of weak too. It was like, well, we tried a bunch. Of a mini lab Edison is a better said name. To try things, so I like mini lab. Yeah, and you could you can make it like cutesy, like a cutesy font. Like, uh, yeah, I like that way better, way better than Edison. <laughs> Stick your finger in the Edison. <laughs> yeah, no, makes no. me think of like sticking my hand in a light bulb or something. No, I, I I think they should have hired us for the branding, but no, not really because I don't I don't want to work for that for Theranos. But um, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, I I uh, sidebar I I enjoyed uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, I but I said I wrote down I want the movie version of his life. F-U-I- oh, Richard Fuiz, yeah. S-Z. Fuiz? Fizz? Fuiz. I, I, I thought he had such a cool backstory. They talked about how he, um, he, I don't know, he did, he did like business stuff at first, but then eventually he was hired yeah, by the CIA. he started a company called got, Medcom. Like, cooler and cooler. He, yeah, which made um, educational materials for healthcare providers. Yeah. Uh, he sold it to a Middle Eastern uh, company, and because of that, uh, he was uh, yes, he was a spy, essentially. Um, There were allegations of arms sales to Iraq, and then it was, you know, then he like yeah, I I mean, his Wikipedia page is absolutely um, wild. Apparently he's infiltrated like networks of terrorists and stuff, yeah, it, and um, yeah. 
telling you. I want I want his I want his movie. I want the movie to come out about this squeeze guy. So I thought that was really cool. Um Oh yeah. What um I guess with there were some things I didn't fully understand. And yep. maybe maybe you being a, a private sector Joe, you could you could tell me um how come so when the when they would bring the machine to the investors, yeah, right? And they would do a they would do a quick test of the blood. They'd prick their finger and they would like send it through. And yeah, then they, they like went they out never to claimed lunch the results were around the building. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they, they said oh, it takes a few yeah. minutes. Yes. Let's go get yeah. some The advantage Chinese. of the Edison was we'll was not that it was speed, okay. it was that it could be done all in one. And so, you know, they, they knew it was gonna take a time to get the results back, so yes, they would take them out of the room. And then uh, they would then take the blood, not put it in the Edison, actually test it on commercial grade um, lab equipment, and then yes, produce their results. Among other things, yeah. And that was the big fraud, right? So those of you, yeah, those of you who haven't who haven't read the book, who who uh, want to know why this all went badly, uh, is they yeah they would they the the essentially the machine did not do what it was marketed to do. Two hundred. They claimed two hundred tests, they had a menu. and most of them would cost the four or five dollars a piece. And there was whereas a, a blood test now, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can you can do a panel of blood tests. And it's easily three four hundred dollars out of pocket. Yes. So it was supposed to make blood tests convenient, inexpensive. It was basically, uh, they, they I wrote it down. They marketed this whole thing. Yes. As the iPod of healthcare. That was that was essentially what this was supposed to be. Right in your home, right in your hand. They even designed. I noticed they designed the oh, machine. Well, they they hi- literally hired Apple designers Apple to products, do it, right? and it Apple's is. marketing firm to market it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. So there was a definite obsession with uh, with Apple around there, right? And we we talked about how the the black turtlenecks and everything. Um. A lot of people compare this story to uh, yes, yes. Fire. Have you watched the Fire documentary? So I haven't. I haven't read. Nothing it. I'm aware Are of. Any, are there any books about that? Okay, I, just because I, I find that whole thing so fascinating too. But I don't really think these are the same. These are like really in this. It shouldn't really. I know that they shouldn't be in the same conversation. I just. After hearing more about this story and researching it, I think that there that it's a little bit little bit different, right? People like to say millennials crazy. They do they just do things. They don't have the experience. Blah blah blah. But I think there was more of like I think Elizabeth had more. Yeah, I also think she's a lot smarter than Billy. Than and Billy and I I think it sh- if anything, I would say that comparison makes her look worse yeah. because any schmo can you know, set up a fake festival and have it be a total disaster, right? It doesn't kill people. It doesn't give them fake test results or send them to the emergency room. I mean, again, it just goes to show that the scale of what she was accomplishing, they're similar stories. I don't know, maybe she deserves more credit? I'm not sure. But the scale of fraud is so radically different at this point between those two companies. Yeah, I just, I know that the the documentaries I guess kind of dropped around the same time, and and a lot of uh, a lot of media outlets were like compared. But it also shows the, the loose amount of money so being fair, thrown around both in the but, Silicon Valley space and in the social media influencer space, right? Which are both sort of exploding, uh, untracked sort of uh, untested areas, right? Where 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 normal rules don't apply, um, you know, and again. Theranos, not the first company to defraud people in Silicon Valley. Won't be the last. It's just notable because of Elizabeth Holmes and the scale of it and what it involved. Yeah, it's it is. It's it's kind of a it's like a like a no man's land. Both of those of those zones. Um. 
where for you when you were reading this book, where was your first clue of like there's there's more to this? Like there's you know, I, I kinda had a moment where I was like reading it and I was like this is more there's more involved in this than meets the eye. That's a I guess. really where, good where question. Where do you think that was like? I for think, you? like, I knew a little bit of the story coming in, so it wasn't a total surprise. I think where the story turned for me was Walgreens and Safeway, and I say that because if if Theranos was just a company developing a box and a lab, good for them. Great, hey, I woo. Even if they're like testing it with drug companies, great, you should do that. That's thumbs up. You know, don't lie about it, but thumbs up. The second it turns into, we desperately need money, and we've got to get these machines out there. Hey, let's call a giant drugstore chain and a giant supermarket chain and commit them to hundreds of millions of dollars, renovating their stores and putting their customers on the line so we can test our device. That's where it goes from like Silicon Valley fraud to cross state lines, national healthcare consumer fraud. And that, I think, was downfall of the company. I genuinely feel, not that they maybe would have never solved it, but if they hadn't done that and they had managed to stay smaller and more in the actual medical field, I think there would have been a much higher chance of them actually succeeding than going this route because this they were private for so long that they could make these claims and buy themselves time. The second you have consumers testing on the device, it's a ticking clock. Someone's eventually going to figure out, wait, you're taking giant amounts of blood instead of small amounts of blood. You're not testing them in the machines. You're shipping them to Palo Alto. The results don't make any sense, which we now know because you're doing it in massive scale. Um, It was just a disastrous turn for them. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that um, as, as the turning point. Mine was really similar. For, or it was, it was different, but for similar reasons, I should say. It was, for me, that, that moment was the um, when she tested the the product, she yeah. tested the Edison yeah. on the cancer patients in Tennessee, right? So she brought the, the, the device out to Tennessee. They were testing it on patients with terminal cancer uh, of the blood, I believe. And she said something like, she was like, um, I look at the, I, I, you could, you should have seen the look on their faces, essentially like yeah. what kind of what like a con man or fraudster would say, as in like, they really believed that this could work. The whole thing though, was that that was one of their like first preliminary tests. It, it didn't work. There were, they, they, the, the tests were like wildly wrong, but they, they, I guess skewed every all the tests in a way that made it seem plausible to give them hope. But see, but I don't. I think we see that in like, oh, how chilling that she said that. But I really think in the gears in her mind, it was like, I'm giving these people hope. I'm 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 the the like showman. I'm the deliverer. I can you know make them believe in this product. Yeah. That was like, you know, like a magician's hat yeah, I, with a know, rabbit me, coming out of it, basically. So that to me was the moment where like, it was like, oh, shit. This is, well, she is like, she is like not, what's going well, on here for her right? Here are the 30 things I have to do to become yeah. a world famous Edison inventor. And this was just a check on a box. It wasn't about the people. It was about getting to that goal single-mindedly. I mean, I think that's there's so many moments in this book. I, I, I recall when they went down to Mexico um, and were testing in rural villages in Mexico where the machines just didn't work and people were getting sick. I recall um, the... Uh, uh, shoot, what was the other one I just had in my mind? I'll remember it. But it just reminds you that fraud is not a single moment. Fraud is not a single decision. It's a series of decisions you have to make over time over and over again in order to actually get to that endpoint of saying it, when they modified the commercial reader to accept small blood samples, something the manufacturer of the machine said you should not do and something their scientists said you should not do um, in order to uh, really a full admission of the Edison cannot do these tests. Another turning point. And, it's, and at every one of these points, they could have said stop. At every one of these points, they could have said it, does, it doesn't work. Every one of these points, she should have reported to the board of directors and to the investors and said this didn't work. But you can't do that in Silicon Valley. 
because there's billions of dollars on the line. And so what do you do? You lie out of your teeth. And that's that's how easy fraud is committed. That is true. I was also thinking of all, all the Which times they talk that about Steve a Jobs lot, and she uses no. a lot. Steve By the Jobs way, was told this is the amazing video. thing I love about YouTube, and again, why this is a modern story is I googled her on YouTube. Not only are there the modern stories, but also all the original news reports that ran back in like 2013, 14, like idolizing her, are still all on YouTube from that time. So it's kind of cool to go back and watch and see how they talk about her. But that's one of her classic lines. She always says Steve Jobs was told no, and it's like. He was developing a goddamn computer, like a phone. Like, yeah, okay, he can say, screw you, and we're going to do it anyway. Like, if it fails, it fails. Like, you can't do that with cancer patients. Like, that's, 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 again, where it goes from fraud to, like, straight up psychopath. Like, honestly, it really goes to, like, at some point, it's, it's enough to not care about the money and things like that and abuse your employees and those sorts of things. Look, that's not good. But the second you put people's lives legitimately on the line is like, that's why I think this is such a sensational story is because it really impacts real people. Yeah. I think, it, yeah, it's spot on. That's the, that's the, the tinge of psychopath. That's the, you know, computers and people are the same. Yeah. Blood is just software, uh, f- right? It's just and, ones and zeros. person are equal. Like blood is just software, right? Blood is microchips. Like that's, Yes, that's where you get into the territory of like, no, this she is not like Steve Jobs. She is not like Edison, um, and yeah, uh, who else was she? Uh, Jonas Salk or Edison? Yeah, but that's is, but that's where the FDA you know, comes in, right? Like, I think an interesting of piece of story as well is like, the hoops uh, they would jump through to say, uh, no, it's actually it's just a, a device for we're just testing the device. It's not in production, or oh, because we shipped the samples back to our certified lab, it's an FDA approved thing, and it's all the hoops they had to jump through. There's a reason why those rules are in place and you can't just do some of these things and eventually why they shut down their lab. Um, it's, it's the same thing, just flaunting rules. <laughs> That's all you have to say right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her style of business, business, business management. It was, uh, we don't really think you belong here. We, you, you, you don't fit our, you don't, that's uh, right. you don't believe, you know, in the vision. But that's <laughs> what's crazy. Like, out, is, can you imagine if you added up all of um, the and, brilliant scientific yeah. talent? Because you're watching the documentary and reading the book and you're like, oh, this guy invented this test and this guy's the leading biologist. And this, like, if you had brought all those people together and actually, like, given them time and money and leadership, like, that's why I go back to, like, maybe they could have actually done it. Like, these weren't, like, schmoes off the street. They had the best people in the world working on this. And because you were a lunatic, they quit. Kept firing them. Yeah. Or forcing them to quit. Or forcing them to quit and then seizing their uh, laptop and, you know, like, scouring their files for things you could use Absolutely to crazy. I, I love going back and looking at the, um, they're yeah. so funny now, the Joe Biden tour. Uh where, where, where he's taken through the labs and he says all the nice things they point oh, at the yeah. machine and then they're like no 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 that's, we locked the real machine so Joe Biden would never see him we, we hit him we, we set up a fake lab for him to look at I'm like of course you did <laughs> Jesus of course yeah um, yeah she met a lot yeah, of famous people an ambassador yeah, uh, I, I an entrepreneur ambassador uh, for the Obama administration was went to a number of functions and, well of course yes another board director Joel Shark George Schultz Henry Kissinger James Mattis uh, a who's who of like weirdly governmental military guys um, she met um, an investor yeah lost no, a bunch Betsy of DeVos she was a yes was Robert a, Kraft an investor and so was Robert Kraft and a so rogues gallery of uh, what a, schmucks. What a, what yeah, a company to keep you're absolutely right. right. Uh, you know, it was so interesting. <laughs> and we talk about the media's play in this. I was watching um, 60 Minutes did a glowing profile of her back in the day and then did a follow up piece when the company collapsed. And uh, Nora O'Donnell, who did the original piece, did an interview talking about how she felt. I mean, she was essentially lied to. Uh, in the interview and gave her this glowing platform. And Nora O'Donnell was like, and I give her credit for admitting it. She's like, we, 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 we just reported what we were told and we never really, 
gave the other side of the story or checked into it. We gave her a, a, a platform to promote herself and her company in a way that wasn't healthy. Um, and I think the whole media at the time was the exact same way. They, they didn't bother to ask questions. You look at those first couple pieces on her and they're glowing and they just say, yeah, Elizabeth says it works. So it probably works. It's going to change the world uh, because they wanted a good story. Um, not, they didn't want the right story, unfortunately. Right. It's like, it's like you said earlier on in the episode, I guess we're getting a little circular here, but you said that, um, you know, it's medicine, it's science, it's science. Yeah. People, most people don't understand it. So we'll just throw money at it. So most of these investors are like, well, it's, it's healthcare. It's going to help people. Well, uh, she says it's going to help people. She's a good talker. And that's another one so, of those great yeah, well, red flags, right? And there's so right many of them. But the fact that no, like, healthcare investors invested in the company is like, huh, that's really interesting. Turns out all the people who invested who were, were idiots who knew nothing about healthcare. Who knew, you know? It's so fascinating. Hmm. Right. That, yeah. That, that should have should have certainly been a tell, for sure. Uh, but overall, yeah, good book. Good book. Good pick. Um, was there any other moments you wanted to... Uh, no, I didn't want to talk about the documentary other, like, for a second. Here. We've talked about the book a lot. Uh, the documentary film directed by Alex Gibney, I thought was good. I think it starts slow. But like I said, I think what I enjoy most about it is Elizabeth Holmes. I mean, she is so compelling on camera in a way that doesn't come across on the page of the book um, that if you only read the book and never saw or heard of her, um, I don't think you would get the same thing out of it. I really don't. I think you need to actually experience, you know, they, they talk about her hypnotic gaze and she never blinks and her, her weirdly deep voice and all these sorts of things. And once you watch these interviews with her, you kind of get it. Like I got it. Like, I, I was watching those early, like, 2013, 2014 interviews, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, if I were watching this interview back then, I'd be like, wow, she seems, like, really smart and really humble and, like, really wanting to help people. Like, I could see how you would buy into it. Not that long. Yeah, I love blinking. But I have, I have medically dry eyes. I have an eye. I have an ophthalmologist who says I have shockingly dry eyes for someone my age. I have old man eyes. He uses me, this is 100% true, he uses me as an example to his other patients because I am a young person with old man, 80-year-old eyes, and he tells young people, don't stare at your screen so long or you're going to turn out like my other patient, Sean. He does that. That's not a joke. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, just like, uh, yeah, like my like red, dry eyes and be like, don't be like don't, Sean. Don't do it. He dry said, Sean, you know, Sean, he, he literally told me, he's like, you know, Sean, I've been saying for years that eyes. this is going to affect young people and, and your eyes like the I might write a journal article about this someday. I said, all right, cool, I guess. Give me credit. I, mean, like, <laughs> I don't think you make a lot of money on it, but at and least it'll be a cool be story. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, no, I blink a lot. Um, but yeah, yeah, so so you would definitely lose a staring contest to Elizabeth Holmes. See, I'm I'm pretty good at a staring contest. I think I could probably give her a run for her money. I uh, I have won many a staring contest in my day. Um, yeah, that's kind of course. Of, the more we talk that's about kind of the problem, but but they do have footage so, in the documentary, and you're like, wow, she really blinking, doesn't but, blink for a long time. Holy shit! That's true. It's very it's so eerie and mechanical. Um, part of people have alluded to the fact oh, yeah. that maybe that and her deep voice are intentional. Like she's, she's affecting both of them to give herself like a, a certain image. Uh, oh, it's hundred percent true. Right? I mean, like there, you can find persona. footage online of that? her not doing the voice. And it's not like, I wouldn't say she doesn't normally sound like this. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, it's not that far off, but it's definitely an affectation. And Again, uh, when you idolize a certain person or th or concept, if you're de devoted, you're going to really go for it. And I think that's what she wanted to be, that image of the inventor. And a blonde lady isn't the picture of an inventor, unfortunately, whether right or wrong. And so in the dressing in black and in the... And, and even the purpose for dressing in black, which isn't even like... It's a neutral color. It's just I don't have to spend time thinking about what to wear. It's time that can be spent inventing. It's kind of like so whack job 
but it also makes so much sense for her because she really bought into it. That's that's what I always circle back to in this story. And my takeaway from it is she bought into it. She wasn't like, like Bernie Madoff was trying to get your money. You know, I mean, that was a fraud with a capital F. Elizabeth Holmes really thought she was going to do it. And she went about it all wrong and treated people terribly and defrauded investors yeah. and hurt people medically. But at the end of the day, she really thought she was going to do it. And and the 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 kicker of it is, is that they almost did. I mean, with the with the like you said, with the staff of talented people, maybe the greatest irony in all of this is that she was the reason that they didn't achieve. Like it's kind of like a Twilight Zone episode in a way. It's like you know the the company had they were on the cusp of of designing and and creating this this uh, world changing device but you know so many of them were so pissed off and 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 had kind of had it with the constant yeah. lying the delusions one guy e- killed Ian himself Gibbons, unfortunately, right? the yes. scientist committed suicide yeah which was uh, horrible so uh, that kind of work environment that kind of climate is is uh, i think eventually what um you know what kind of doomed this whole thing well or, i mean it was, was that was and was just scientifically it didn't make sense right you, you you just you can't run that many tests on that small of blood like it's a physics problem you know that uh, oh so many scientists well, there's so many medical professionals that's that why it was worth 10 billion dollars because they're like well gee if she really impossible. did crack it holy smokes like you know, that's a that's incredible. You also can't do it with a finger prick, because as we learn in the book, uh, a finger prick is not a reliable way to get blood like uh, an arm stick is. So um, I, I just. <sighs> I just think it I mean, you have to remember in the very first slide deck they presented to their very first investors, there were already lies in it. I mean, this wasn't like uh, they got 80 percent of the way there and started lying. From day one, this company was built on falsehoods. And in a culture like Silicon Valley, where that's not, everyone falsifies their valuation and and rosy projections and these sorts of things. It's not surprising, but this is really one of the biggest stories of a time where so much was promised for a truly impossible physical product delivery. It's just, it's just a great story. That's what I love about this is it's the book I wouldn't say is like the best book I've ever read. He's not like a revolutionary author, but this, and that's why it's been a book, a documentary, a podcast, a mini series. It'll be a movie. Um, Yeah. I think most of the book was kind of taken from like, yeah, essentially. I mean, what's nice about the book is it's, the book is a definitive story. That's what's good about the book. It really is the A to Z, because there was so much cut out of that for the documentary and some of this other stuff. The Safeway thing, Richard Fuiz, um, so many of these other sort of bits and pieces were cut out. So that's what I like about the book, is it's very, if you want the whole story, you're going to get it in the book. But um, at the end of the day, it, it's it's a believable story. It's a true story. Um, you know, it reminds me of a lot of the, the mortgage collapse in 2008 where everyone thought it couldn't fail and everyone believed what people were being told and and it was it was eventually a, a perpetrated fraud that lost a lot of people a lot of money and it'll happen again at some point um this just happens to be a, a made for tv story yeah any uh i would say the anything else i would anything say the book is a must read and i'd say the documentary is right? if you like the book watch the documentary i wouldn't say the documentary mm-hmm. is a must watch although i guess if you're really sh- at least do one or the other like if you don't have time and you're not a reader do the documentary but you yeah, do lose something because I, I actually saw the documentary first believe it or not before i read the book and in going to read the book i was like oh there's a lot more story okay. in here that i find Excited really interesting yeah the the movie is a good teaser it's a good it's good it gives you the surface level you really have to read the book to get the whole story and with with other people you know added in the movie it it does it is more of a a story about elizabeth holmes 
Uh, that's why it's called the inventor. I think it's you know kind of focusing on on her and her um, experience with it. But to get everybody yeah. else that's on board, like the cool CIA guy, yeah, Mister Mister Fuiz. He's <laughs> even got a cool CIA name, um, Mister Agent Fuiz. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, an interesting book, comparison for me. Is, is and I don't. Did you ever read the smartest guys in the room, uh, the Enron book? No, you know what? You recommend that's a that great to one. Me, and I, but they also made a documentary on my, on my in the exact maybe, same maybe way, where the author it. participated and they had all this stuff. To me, the documentary was not as good as the book, and I don't, I don't even think you really need to see the documentary. You should just read the book. The book was better. I feel differently about this because, again of how much news coverage there was, how much footage there is because of Elizabeth Holmes and these compelling characters. It is worth doing both because you do get something out of the documentary you don't get out of the book and you get something out of the book you don't get out of the documentary. So if you want the whole story, take the time, do both, is my recommendation. I think it was a good summer book pick. Matt, coming up later this summer, uh, we are going to be reading another book, your choice. Do you want to tease that book for us now? Uh, yes, I, I will. Um, I will, uh, I was just thinking of the, um, I was actually thinking of, we, we didn't talk about the leak about how this, how the story was leaked. Did we want to cover that? Uh, I think if they read um, the book, they, uh, unless you have a particular spin or take on it. I thought I just thought it was it was kind of uh, the the movie I thought did a a good job of exposing it. I think in the book, weirdly enough, I, I think that the um, I think that yeah. the author kind of took a little a lot of credit for leaking the story. He kind of like made it. Yeah, there is an the interesting kind of he kind of there's an interesting where the whole story him. is told in like third my, person, kind of and then there's a chapter it. about two thirds of the way in where it goes, I was doing this, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah now all right the narrator has yeah. joined joined this story yeah you're yeah. definitely right narrator has joined the fray but anyway yeah that was um uh that was uh bad blood the the next book we're gonna read sean is a personal favorite of mine one of my very very mo- most cherished books i would i will say i would if i were sitting down and crafting a list there's a good chance it'd make it into the top 10 um, it's The Remains of the Day, um, written by Kazuo Ishiguro, Ishiguro um, who is a British-Japanese author. I wrote it in 1989. It follows uh, a butler uh, serving in uh, like a kind of an old manor in uh, the English countryside. Um, shortly, like, like the, the book t- takes place after World War II, but... There are a lot of flashbacks and allusions to his life when he, when he was younger. I, I think it's tremendous. It, it, it's going to be a very interesting um, character study, and I, I'm mostly I'm curious to see what uh, what you make of it. Uh, two very character-driven books, I'll say, for, for our two picks uh, for our summer Yeah, the BBC Matt News lists it as the one of their 100 the most influential novels. Um, and what I'm excited about, if I'm being honest, because I'm going to read the book, it's going to be a great book, but like Bad Blood there's a movie so we're also going to be talking about the 1993 film starring anthony hopkins and emma thompson of the same name so i'm excited to do both so that'll be fun you should be good that'll be coming later this summer Um, i actually the only time i ever read books is when i'm on a plane and lucky for you matt i'm going to charlotte in a couple weeks so yes yes is this your first uh post-pandemic uh flight Ooh. I know some people who have know. flown, and they say it's uh, just or... slower, but otherwise not that different. Um, but I will definitely let you know. My first hotel stay. That's what I think is going to be more interesting is the hotel. Um, yeah. 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 Should be should be interesting to report. Yeah, we got yeah, some, you have to report back. And we got some us, great stuff coming up about your, your adventure throughout the rest of the summer we hope you come back and join us uh you should definitely check it out before i talk about our links i do want to tease i always plug it over there i never plug it over here don't panic we just had a great episode this past week uh where if you don't know don't panic it's myself colby and dan each week talking tech news um and really 
whatever's on our mind. It's not always news-based. Um, we always try and end up with an interesting uh, discussion around whatever's happening in the world at that time. This past week, we talked about um, how to find a hidden gas leak. We talked about uh, kid car thieves. We talked about a Facebook smartwatch and how to fly a virtual plane, among other things. So you're going to want to check that out over at don'tpack.io or search wherever you get podcasts. And hopefully we're going to have Matt on at some point this summer when he wraps up his uh, school year. I would, I would love to join. I would. Um, the, the crossover event let me, let me, waiting let me to happen. Let me know the time uh, our, and place. I'll try to be there. Hey, we don't really uh, use I'll them there, but that's great. That's too. good for you. Uh, <laughs> just, just in case, you never know. D&D I'll game just, might break out. I'll just have them. I'll just kind of like yeah. them. Yeah. They're, they're mostly for security. Uh, Upfordebate.tv so is our website. You should go there, check out all the past episodes, including last year's book club. And you should also uh, subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts or the video version on YouTube. And of course, you can contact us at TV on Twitter or email us TV at gmail.com. But we are going to end it here. We appreciate you being here. On behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Have a great night. We'll see you next time for another Up for Debate. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.